0: Man, I just, I I would want them to know that Hogan's is a a comfortably cool bar where you get to be, you, you get to be whatever you want to be. I mean, you can come, come as you are. We aren't, we aren't, there's, there's no issues with, with how you want to be and how you want to act. You know, don't be an asshole. That's it. That's kind of the rule. That's it really, uh, no arm wrestling and don't be an asshole. Like that's, that's kind of it. Uh, I, I want people to know that it's, it's a comfortable place. It's a safe place. We take great care in in the drinks that we picked out, the beers that we have on tap, the beers that we have. Like we we, we try to curate something that covers just something for everybody. And that's what we really, we just kind of want to be everybody's bar.
1: Many locals of the Lewis-Clark Valley know Hogan's Pub as an institution spanning the decades. I have been going to Hogan's for over 20 years, starting as a child, going to lunch with my grandparents, and getting the usual, a basket of chicken strips and a bottle of root beer. Now when I go, the beer is made from barley, and I get to walk past the black railing to the bar without being scolded by my grandmother, most of the time. Drew and I got to sit down with the new owner, Skate Pierce, to discuss the eclectic style and storied past of Hogan's, from its transition as a sporting goods store to a cafe, and eventually the public house as it's known today. Skate also shares Hogan's insights, like the heartwarming story of the yo-yo king Dave Croker, and the role Hogan's and its patrons played in his life, and the hard work of a small staff, of which I got the impression seemed like an extension of Skate's family. For me, Hogan's is a warm, comfortable atmosphere to have delicious drinks, fantastic food, and quality conversation. Stay tuned for much more on this local establishment after a brief pause for what's happening this weekend around town.
2: Friday, March 6th, Shania Rales is going to play at Riverport Brewery at 6 p.m., Also, first Friday at Art Uncorked in honor of Women's History Month, showcasing the art of Jamie Laws and Amy Canfield at 5 p.m. Go check out Jamie Laws' episode of the Old Spiral podcast if you haven't listened to that already. Also, the third annual Women's Leadership Conference, Extraordinary Women in Pursuit of Ordinary Equality, is happening at Lewis Clark State College's Center of Arts and History, and that's from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Now moving into Saturday, March 7th, Uh, Practical self-defense class at Diamondback Shooting Range in Lewiston at 10 a.m. Get better at defending yourself and your home with a firearm if you would like to partake in that. Uh, Then Beargrass, a folk duo, is playing at Brock's at 8 p.m. And the Civic Theater 49th Annual Gala and Auction is also happening at Red Lion from 6 to 9 p.m. And finally, there is a really cool uh, benefit concert for the Idaho Food Bank that's happening at the Clearwater River Casino, and it's a Fleetwood Mac tribute band, so that should be pretty cool to check out. All right, and thanks for listening and check out the show. Today, we welcome onto the show Skate Pierce of the Clarkston City Council. And he's also the owner and operator with his wife, Megan, of Hogan's Pub in Clarkston. Welcome to the show, Skate.
0: Hello. It's nice to be here. Yeah. On it's good to have you. Lovely Sunday. We just got hit with the... Uh, That crazy storm. Yeah, that was like an inundation
1: of rain. It was kind of crazy. I had hope for this morning. It was all nice.
0: It was was lovely, and that that went away pretty quick. (laughs) Yeah, it
1: did. Yeah, and yeah, thanks for coming in. We know you're busy. You got a lot going on. Uh, So it's nice to have you in to support our little podcast about the valley. And it's good to have a local business owner in to come and talk about his business. Yeah,
0: you bet. Thank you for having me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we understand you recently just purchased Hogan's. So what was what was that process like, and, and how long had you worked at Hogan's before you became the owner with your wife? Well,
0: I So my wife worked at Hogan's before we'd met. Uh, she moved back. She did some some uh, traveling in England and moved back and got a job at Hogan's. And at, at some point, what did I have, my 10-year class reunion, and I walked in, and I didn't recognize two people who came up to talk to me. And so I just turned around and walked out the door and went to Hogan's for... I don't know, I hadn't really been there more than a couple times and she was the bartender and it was late and we talked her into giving us a shot past last call. Just like, Hey, we're really good tippers. We'll do this. And she did. And I left there and just commented on how hot I thought the bartender was. <laughs> and uh, you know, eventually I, I, I got myself in there and we met and, uh, and so she was, she was working there when we met and when we started dating and then, uh, Hogan's Lost, uh, a really popular longtime bartender, uh, E.P. Reed. He passed away, and I I stepped in for him. So this was in um, October of 2006. So there, I was there for about 12 years. I took one year off to use some of my college education and then reminded myself why I didn't do that.
1: <laughs> and what, what, what would
0: that be? Uh, I, I went to school to be a uh, high school science teacher. So when i left i i actually went and worked I- I with school aged kids in a daycare and then ended up administrating the or administering whatever their their private school and and school aged kids program for a year and then about 364 days into that i i <laughs> that i needed sick. out and and yeah got back into hogans so it was almost it was like 12 years and three days after my first shift that we, we bought Hogan's. Okay. And so I've been there for that long. And then there was just a a point where the previous owner, uh, Tony Salerno had had just been ill and unable to work. And it's really hard to run a small business if you can't get in there and eat up payroll and work those hours. And it became, uh, I, I, I am I'm assuming unsustainable for them to just pay us to do everything, and his mom was helping run it. And, and, you know, she was 86 years old at that time. Oh, wow. So they, it was, it, it was time for them to sell. And so we just started going through the process of getting a, uh, a small business administration loan. So we worked with, uh, uh, Dan Rudolph up at, uh, Washington trust bank. It's a super helpful, but a super insane process of, of providing signatures on paperwork every other day. And yeah, I was looking into doing an LLC and I saw your
1: guys' LLC and I was, and I think I even came to talk to you about what that process was like before. Yeah. It's
0: wild. Get an attorney. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was your
1: advice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just,
0: and we fortunately between, uh, my wife also owns another business, uh, tap into it, massage therapy.
1: Oh, is that around here?
0: Yeah. It's, it's, 100 feet down the road and across the street from Hogan's.
1: Oh, cool. Ooh, I'm going to have to check that out for yeah. sure.
0: So, but we, between a, a Hogan's customer and one of her clients, we had an attorney who who was really good at this and he stepped in and helped us form our LLC and walk us through all that. But there was, I mean, I can't even, somebody, we were, t- I was talking about it with someone last night. I mean, it was about if you took all the paperwork work we printed off, signed, sent out, filled out, I mean, it'd probably be like a foot tall, just a stack bag. of papers. That's just crazy. Yeah. It was, it, it was wide. It took about six months to go through, but it was great on, I think it was yeah. on October 30th of, uh, 2018 is when the sale finally went through. And as soon as I walked out of the title company, I went over to Hogan's and just went in the basement and fell asleep for an hour. I needed a nap. <laughs> it just kind of was a, a weight off and I just went and passed out. And then from there we just started a whole thing and we're, you know, Hogan's has a great culture. I don't, I don't think I would have tried to start my own bar or do anything if it, if it wasn't specifically Hogan's, that's somewhere that I really love. And I love what we are for the Valley, uh, we're we are an oasis of sorts, uh, for, for people looking for something different. We're Hogan's has somehow been styled more on Maybe a a bar in the west part side of the state. People will frequently comment that you know there's bars just like this over in Seattle and Portland, and that's kind of the atmosphere we're going for going for here. I know it's a little cheesy, but as someone who's
1: a longtime customer of Hogan's, there is just something a little magical about it. That it just from being established for so long, I don't know if it's for being established for so long or just how it's decorated just all, there's something about it yeah. that sets it apart yeah. when and,
2: you walk in there i mean it feels like every single object in that place was meant for that area i mean it just the 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 vibe of the scenery the everything is just great about that place it's it's really cool and and like you said it is a really unique establishment for our valley there's there's nothing like it
0: yeah and and that's been curated over time there were the uh the two ladies who kind of turned it from it was a Diner, Sporting Goods Store, and Stacia and Furia are their names. And they are the ones who turned it into a bar. And they're the ones (laughs) who put the effort into kind of curating the clientele. Uh, They wanted Hogan's to be a safe place for everybody. Um, I think they are... Like w- the way they went about it is why Hogan's gets the reputation for being like being a gay bar. It does have that reputation. Yeah. Which, which is not unintentional because, because really if if someone has a problem with, with Hogan's being a gay bar, maybe, maybe they just don't want to be around us.
1: It's not that it there. is a gay bar. Oh, no, it's, it's that it's if bar you have everybody. a problem with it, possibly being gay people in there, then maybe it's not your place. Yeah, Maybe to it's not
0: your place. Cause we, we really want a a relaxed atmosphere, uh, you know, we don't have, we don't have fights, you know, in my now 13 years, I think there've been six fights one. and, and it was, and, and it's basically just two people got in three You're different fights each. Uh, <laughs> so it, I mean, it really just, it doesn't, it doesn't happen over there. The Clarkston police are very thankful for that. Uh, you know, when compared to, you know, across the river in Lewiston, those, those officers are getting called to bar fights, pretty frequently. And I don't, I don't think the Clarkston police even have to worry about that with, you know, the, the few amount of bars we have and just kind of the, the, the way they are in Clarkston, they, they appreciate that. So we've, we've done a lot to cultivate a certain atmosphere and a culture in Hogan's.
2: Yeah. And it's awesome. I mean, I'm not a big bar goer typically, but as far as bars go in the Valley, I always want to go to Hogan's over any other place because it's a spot where you can go and have an interesting conversation with an interesting person. Like you said, you don't have to worry about like, why the hell is that guy looking at me all weird? Am I about to get in a fight with this dude? Or, you know, it's a, it's a nice, relaxed place with really cool people. And no TVs. Right.
0: You know, that's, that's, that's a, that's a hard and fast. There will never, there will never be a TV in Hogan's.
2: Not only no TVs, but great music, whether it's a band playing or just, or just music playing over the system. It's really good music.
0: Yeah, and that's something, you know, we make sure we you know pay for our music rights and and uh and so we have access to, you know, everything, the magic of Spotify. I remember, you know, when I first started, uh Dave Coker, who was one of the bartenders, and Stacy Streeter and I would all burn CDs and we had a six disc changer. So it was constantly trying to make mixes and and get them to not skip because we'd also, right. you know, we had 25 CDs we wanted to play and then you take them out and throw them and they get scratched. Wait, and
1: skate our, our younger, our younger listeners don't know what you mean by skipping.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Between the vinyl of my early youth. Uh, yeah. And then CDs just in the middle of a, you know, you're having, you're throwing a party oh, every yeah. night is what you're doing. And then so when the, it, 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 it. At, uh, it yeah. When the CD <laughs> starts doing that, it kind of, kind of throws uh, off the vibe it, it really it. does it yeah. just it, it messes with the energy of what you're trying to do in there and oh man
2: so do you know a little bit more of that backstory that you hinted on about the transition from Hogan's being a sporting goods because it still place?
0: says Sp- Hogans sporting and goods, I right? have
2: wondered about that my entire life
0: okay so uh late 30s I and I and I haven't pinned down the exact year so our the closest we can come is we have those we do bingo. Uh, the, the last Monday of every month mm-hmm. on the back of those bingo cards are stamped dates from when they played bingo in the thirties. So we have dates in like 37 wow. is the earliest date that I can find on a bingo card. So I know that Hogan's is, is somewhere 1936, 1937. And it was started by uh George Hogan. Uh, he was a longtime Clarkston resident. It turns out my, my, my best friend through most of my life was his neighbor growing up. Oh, wow. And, uh, he, you know, he had the bar and he was a huge fisherman. If you go into roosters, uh, they have all the pictures and there's a lot of pictures of, of Hogan's, but, and a lot of pictures of George Hogan with, you know, giant fish and, and that was his, that was his thing. He was a, he was a consummate fisherman. Hmm. And so he had his sporting goods store. So it was, you know, hunting and fishing and, and everything you need with that. There was a diner. Uh, and then I've, I've heard stories of in the back, there's a, uh, there was a little poker room where where the old cats would get together and smoke and drink coffee and play poker. Uh, and then it, Hogan's had changed hands after, after George gave it up. It, it and, and that's where I kind of lose the story. I've met people who are like, Oh, my mom owned Hogan's for a few years here. And, and then I, I don't really catch up to it until station Furia took it over. Uh, I, I want to say sometime in the, in the late eighties, I went eighty eight. 87, 88 would okay. be, would is what's sticking with me. And then there was a lady named Trila Gallagher who took it over. And it's kind of just been evolving since it became a bar, uh, you know, because they brought in a bunch of taps and they brought in some interesting beer, which was something that I I don't think was common in the Valley. You know, they set up their whole, the tap box and brought in 14 beers. I think, you know, most places probably had th- three uh, oh, yeah. before that. And, and so- you
1: still have a lot of beers. Do you have... Um- Local beers, are even a lot of uh, even t- like to Spokane and
0: Seattle type of regional. beers on tap. Regional, absolutely. We we do largely target regional beers. We have a lot of uh, we do we have a few European beers, uh, the 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 Hefeweizens and the, the Belgian polymer. whites. That's, the Pollender, yep. the Who Garden. Heather will pour me one of those as soon as I walk in. Yeah, and then uh, we have uh, Harp in Newcastle and Guinness. So we have a we have a specific set of European taps, and then we always carry one Riverport tap. And then uh, – and, and we try to go regionally. I, I have uh, – in cans, I have Spokane beers, uh, some from Paradise Creek up in Pullman, um, some from like – I want to say uh, che-
2: Hmm. You've got that beer from Montana. Is it that smokehouse? Oh, that Kettle cold house? smoke. The Kettle House yeah. Cold Smoke.
0: Yeah, we try to keep that in heavy rotation because that is a – That's that a, a delicious popular beer. beer. And it's good, yeah. And those people have the – what is quickly becoming my favorite outdoor amphitheater venue? Yeah, there there is. We saw. I've been to a couple concerts there recently, and it's they just took the gorge, scrunched it down to about one fifth scale, but kind of mm-hmm. kept the amenities and the and the things in the same area. So you just have this sh- this shrunk down gorge. There's great sound. I saw Ween there, and we saw uh, Boney Vare there. And those are two of the best sounding concerts I've ever seen in my life. So mm-hmm. I, I like to they support... Get
2: in a lot of cool artists yeah, to that venue.
0: Yeah, they really do. So I like to support Kettle House. So we'll you know try to keep them around because I, I appreciate what they're doing. I like to be able to go over there and and see things.
2: So was... I'm sorry. What were their names against Stacia and... Stacia Inferia. Inferia Were they responsible for making that like really cool iconography of like the Hogan's logo with the, with the bomb or when
0: did that come about? I I don't know exactly when that came about, but I, I want to say there's, there's a lady named tree who's come back a couple times and painted, painted it for us. And I think she's the one who, I think the painting on the window, the Hogan's has been there. So we just got a picture from the, uh, it was like the Washington state grain growers association had an old picture of Hogan's and so it did have the, the the lettering on the thing, and I don't I don't know where the bomb came from, but it's mm. it's kind of become a thing. You know, I've got it tattooed on myself. My wife does. Uh, I think we've got about thirteen people who've gotten the tattoo. So it's uh, do you get
1: like a dollar off drinks? If
0: you yeah, get it's thing? lifetime happy hour prices. Nice. <laughs> okay. So awesome. you know you you buy a hundred drinks, <laughs> you know you basically pay for your tattoo right there. Uh, but we've got a dozen of them. I mean, there's some behind people's ears there's another bartender at, at a, at a different restaurant who has one right on the back of his right hand. He wanted it to be a little smaller so we could try to like sneak into concerts. Like he's already got a stamp, but <laughs> they, they made it big. It's very <laughs> pragmatic. Yeah, it is.
2: Uh, Ex- except that's how artists get paid. <laughs> You're right. That's really cool. Um, so
0: did you get that tattoo pre or post ownership after post ownership? Okay. Yeah. yeah. We, we just went in maybe a month after we bought it and my wife and I each got, each got it put on.
1: Right. Yeah, that's really cool. So not only do you have a lot of beers on tap, but you also – you're a great bartender. My wife comes in. She loves the – what's that sour one you do, the Pucket? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's one of her favorites. The Puckets
0: and the Sweet Tarts, those are – yeah.
1: Yeah, what are some of your specialty drinks? And like you you said, Uh,
0: you've been bartending for for a long time. Yeah, I've been doing it – gosh, since – 1997. So I think I'm about 23 years into bartending. And back then it was, you know, really sloppy new bartender. And then, you know, eventually I started to find out that there is a a craft of bartending out there, that there is a, an impossibly deep well of knowledge that exists in the world about bartending. And so I start reading books and, you know, the internet is incredible for information and, and really try to flesh out, what, what I think is important in there. So like currently I'm trying to learn, uh, the whole tiki craft, which is its, its own thing using a lot of rum and fresh juices and, and certain flavor combinations. So the last maybe month and a half, I've kind of been, you know, behind the scenes, just making my own mixes. Like a, there's an allspice dram, which is a heavy, a, a sweet rum, cinnamon, allspice clove, mixture that, that goes really well into, into certain drinks. And this week I made a, uh, uh, I guess it's a liqueur, uh, called a Falernum Hmm. and it's, uh, Falernum Falernum. Yeah. With a F, uh, and the, we can't get it distributed. There's one company that makes it and they don't, the people who distribute that, that liqueur don't come to this side of the state. Hmm. So I had to make my own and it's, and it's like a bunch of lime and ginger Mm. and again, cloves and and sugar and a really strong overproof rum. That's just a really funky Jamaican rum that tastes like dirt and bananas and molasses. <laughs> which I I've I've really grown to to enjoy rum in the last in the last couple months. There's a lot of fascinating flavors out there, and this valley is completely nearly void of rum. You have you know you get Captain Morgan's, right? The Bacardi Gold, and Bacardi Silver, and Malibu and and maybe some like some people carry a dark rum, Myers or Kraken, but that's it. But there are thousands and thousands of of different things out there, small distilleries and farms and methods of making it. So that's kind of that's what I've been digging into lately is is doing like doing tiki cocktails and I spent a lot of time over the last 2 years working on classics. So there's, you know, the there's certain families of drinks, uh the old fashioned being kind of the base of Every that's the, that's the godfather of all cocktails. And that's, that's a very simple one, but it's an incredibly easy one for people to overdo because it's a very fine balance. And so I, you know, you dig back and try to find recipes from the, from the twenties, like pre prohibition and post prohibition and, and figure out kind of what you like. And, and I've got that one down really well. And then there's all the sours and flips, flips, use a whole eggs, mm. uh, you know, yolk and white and everything. And the Mm. sours, many of them use just the egg whites. Mm -hmm. So learning how to separate those and denature my protein. So you get like the meringue foam and, uh, and then there's a whole, there's a group of drinks called daisies and, uh, just trying to learn all the families and just learn as much as I can. I don't even know how many drinks I know, but I, I keep adding to it. So
2: you don't necessarily have like a, a diary of sorts or a running catalog of like these recipes that you come up with. It's just kind of all in your head.
0: Yeah. I, I do have a knack of having a, a, a pretty solid memory. That's always kind of been like my one it's helped me through my entire life is just being a, just a a warehouse of useless information. Gotta <laughs> get
2: you on a trivia team. <laughs> yeah, I can, you I, <laughs> I,
0: I, I do well. I we've been watching, you know, I've been watching jeopardy since I was a little kid and I, I can, I can occasionally run a board not as, not, not as often, you know, as like somebody who deserves to be on that show, but I, I can do pretty well. On <laughs> yeah. It. It'd be kind of fun if you, uh, if you were interested, you give us a recipe
1: that we can post when we, when we post this episode.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You bet. We've had, we've had a couple that I've just come up with. Uh, I, I just kind of started digging into some Japanese whiskeys cause, uh, that's really cool. Yes. Uh, scotch, which Japanese whiskey is a single malt, which is what scotch is. And they're, they're really right. similar uh, Scotch has just had a twenty five percent tariff ta- tacked onto it, um, so th- that gets a lot more expensive. So I've kind of been looking over, you know, trying to find other ways to get that same profile and not have to pass on such a cost hike to customers. <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. Japanese whiskeys have been there, so I've been making old fashions and finding different ways to fit those profiles into uh, into drinks.
2: Yeah, and that's really cool that you provide. Just an additional layer of atmosphere and experience for a customer because, I mean, knowing that you're going to appreciate a drink so much more if you go in and know like how much fine tuning and how much selectiveness there is in getting your ingredients and and the thought process behind it than if you're just like yeah I want a Cuba Libre or whatever yeah Give me and, a Caesar
0: <laughs> yeah and that's what I I love when people challenge me I mean I can you know I can I'm happy to make a uh, rum and coke whiskey coke you know just those really simple two ingredient drinks. I mean, I, I, I can do that all day, but I love when somebody, you know, last night, somebody just said, make us something delicious. So I used, uh, I, I just, I decided I was going to make them a tiki drink. And I saw used four different types of rum and a bunch of fresh squeezed juice and, and put together something with some grated nutmeg and, Mm. and, and some mint that I thought was pretty spectacular. And I, and I like it when people let me just kind of run. So
2: are you looking to have those tiki drinks ready for summer?
0: Uh, yeah. And s- like what we're kind of looking at doing is maybe once a month, just having a full tiki night. We have a, we have a bartender who works part-time there. His name's Gary. He is, uh, he, he has, you know, we we have a similar experience. He is a far better bartender than I am. I mean, I can, I can, I can easily say that his knowledge is, is crazy. And so he's got a bunch of stuff. He's got this really cool margarita truck, that he used to run in uh, in uh, Bend in Portland Oregon. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so where they he brought in this really neat Japanese uh, shave ice thing that you just put, you know, you put a block of ice on there and it cuts it into razor thin things mm-hmm. and so he would make his piña coladas and daiquiris using this this antique shave ice machine and he is really into the craft of of bartending as well. And so, we've kind of been working on just having a tiki night. Like I can't I don't want to do it constantly because there's a uh, there's a level of complication that we can't do all the time, you know, while we're trying to do – trying to do dinner or just having one bartender on because it's 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 really hard to do with just that limited staff. Yeah. I mean right? it's not a
1: huge bar- – you can't fit – you can't – how many bartenders can you, you cram back there efficiently? It's really you know uncomfortable
0: I mean? with four back there, which, you know, we do on like special nights. Three is you you get in the way – you know, Tuesday nice. once you learn to work with each other, sure. you know, it's almost like a ballet. You can spin around each other and you know where someone's going. And, you know, we can go a whole night without hitting each other or particular nights where we're super clumsy. We slam into each other all the time. And <laughs> it's funny. It's just like, what the hell is wrong with us tonight? <laughs> what's, what's capacity on that space? Uh, 88. Okay. 88.
1: All right. Yeah. Well, and you guys do food too. And that's one of the things I tell people is – or what people will tell me is they're surprised at how good the food is that comes out of that kitchen because it's mm-hmm. a tiny kitchen. Oh, it is. But Jordan, hey Jordan, how's it <laughs> going? And uh, Jordan does an awesome job. Oh, he, he he's man. an amazing cook. Caitlin, when it, we went in there, well, I mean we go in there often. So mm-hmm. it was, we were in there a couple of weeks ago, and she says, I think that was might have been the best burger I've ever had.
0: Yeah, Jordan and uh, Eric mm-hmm. do a great job. Jordan is it, man. That guy is such a reliable workhorse. Both he and Eric. are Eric's he works bartends with me Friday, Saturday night. We worked together a lot. Mm-hmm. He used to live with us when he first moved up from California. Uh, and my son was, ah, gosh, maybe one year's old. Eric moved into our basement with, uh, Megan, my son, Klyce and I. And so he lived with us for a while and then he got a job at Hogan's and he's been cooking there. Those, those two are, are, uh, incredible people to work with. Cause they really care. They, they love Hogan's yeah, as, as much as any of us. They really love it. And so they want the food to be, they want the food to be great. So we, You know, we try to have good ingredients. We, we source our beef for our burgers locally. Uh, those, I I don't even know when it touches human hands right before we put it on the grill. You know, we make sure that, that we just, it's minimally manipulated. It's just beef. We don't, we, at the last minute, put some salt, pepper, vinegar or salt, pepper, vinegar, salt, pepper, garlic on it. And that's, that's That's it. it.
1: Your bite size is is really good too. It's one of the best bite
0: size in the valley. Yeah, and that's I one think. where uh, you know, we don't we don't fry it so it, it keeps it all uh you know, it's gluten free for everybody who, who needs that. Just marinate it in our in our special marinade and throw it on the grill and those yeah, they do the bite size do very well. We go through I don't I've I've never I should probably add it up just to just to <laughs> see like how many tons we sell. <laughs> a year of, and it's all hand cut. We pick, we have a very nice cut of meat that we get and we hand cut every bite.
2: Well, not only that, but just like the really cool drink menu that you have and the specialty that goes in that, you can get some like I guess uncommon foods there as well. Like I've had poutine there before mm-hmm. and I don't think I've seen that on a menu anywhere in the Valley. Um, is there other kind of cool quirky food items that you can get there that are similar to like poutine or something like that? So
0: there, there is one that's a, that is, is some sort of random cousin of poutine and it's called Lomo Saltado. And it's, you know, it's not, we don't do it all the time. We run it as a special, but it's a Peruvian dish. And in, in Peru, there's a, uh, a large, Chinese immigrant contingent, and they have kind of made this national dish that is a, it's a French fry stir fry. It's steak and uh, tomatoes and onions. Uh, and then it's mixed with this uh, aji amarillo, which is a yellow pepper paste, which is incredibly delicious. And you, you mix all that together with some vinegar and soy sauce and chives and uh, green onions, and you make a stir fry out of French fries and steak. And it is it is incredible. So that was introduced to me this year, and I have a friend, uh, Raul uh, Delioth, who is uh, his wife has been his wife has been a friend of ours uh, for a long time, and he had his mom come up from uh, they came up from Lima over Christmas, and she brought me a big bag of the of the ají amarillo. So we've been using that as as much as we can,
2: which is a really specialty ingredient because I've I've been to Ecuador before, and I mean. Like, ah, he's on every dish there, Mm -hmm. and
0: you can't really get it in the United States. You can get it in a little tiny jar that costs you, like, 18 bucks, Mm -hmm. and it's – that's not cost effective. So we did it – Brian Kolstad actually – was the one who first told me about it and and brought me a jar of it. We were talking about Brian Colstad with Matt Plemons today. He's
1: the on City Council, right? He was. He he's, was. He
0: Yeah. He's he since he's been off for about three or four years. Okay,
1: but yeah, he came up in the last one. Yeah. We did. That's and, awesome. And in
0: fact, Matt Plemons and Brian Colstad and I had had Printers Distillery at one point. Yeah, we wanted, yeah, to, we talk we wanted to talk a little bit about, about Printers yeah. in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cool. Uh, yeah. But let me know. Before we go on to printers, though, I wanted to talk about. Well, unless we still want to talk about. Yeah, that I don't know. There's the, the food. We just. Yeah. We. But you do a burger every once in a while. Is it? It's. Is it Portland based? Is it like a Mo Burger? Oh
0: no no it's uh from uh Missoula we do the oh that's right Missoula there's the Missoula Club uh the Mo Club is the common name for it and they they do a burger you know you go in there it's a bar it's busy it's kind of all ages we've taken our kids in there every time we go we get one and it's a simple burger. It's the basics. And they, they, they're really cheap. Like a single, a single burger with onions and cheese is $5. A double is $7. I don't think they even give you fries over Mm -hmm. there. You get a burger and that's kind of, I think that's all that they serve in there is, is you get a, you get a cheeseburger. You got to pick your cheese, you get like yellow or a horseradish cheddar (laughs) and you can have it with or without onions. And I think you can add bacon, but I never have. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we'll just go in there we went, we, after the uh, Boney Vare show, we went to the Mo Club and for breakfast, we all had Mo Club burgers and we had a, and a Coors Light for breakfast, which was <laughs> delicious. Yeah. The Mo Club in Missoula is well worth a checkout. I, th- I think they make what, you know, what is arguably the best burger I've ever had. Wow. And you yeah. do kind of a, a your interpretation. It, of- yeah, we do. And we, we try to keep it pretty true to that. And, you know, we'll probably end up cause it's so popular when we did it. You know, we ran it for two weeks as a special and we went through like 50 pounds of burger
1: wow. just making
0: those little Mo Club burgers. So we're going to, we're trying to figure out how to add it and, you know, make sure that the, we always make sure to pay our proper due to the Mo Club for having such a delicious thing. And the fact that we are straight taking it from them. And so when we modify it, we'll, we'll bring it in and, and, and do a little bit of our own. And we'll probably just call it the, uh, the Ho Club burger <laughs> That's and, awesome, and, and, and keep it in. But yeah, that's, that is a. That is a fantastic burger.
2: Yeah. So I think another thing to point out about the unique experience at Hogan's is, um, this guy that I've seen in there a number of times that works the counter and does other stuff. And I think his name is Dave. Yeah. I'm not super familiar with Dave, but can you talk about him? Yeah, absolutely. What
0: what he means to Hogan's. So Dave is a, he has been around the Valley for a long, long time. I think, I God, I think he turned 69 years old this year. Drives a little blue beetle. Yeah. has a little blue beetle and he has a nice little red Audi TT that he brings out when the weather is really nice, but mm-hmm. only when the weather is really nice. Uh, so Dave is, Dave's been around the Valley forever. People know him as a, he was a, a motorcycle mechanic and worked down with at max cycle for a long time. He went to, he went to Vegas for a while and came back and, and David had, had a very serious motorcycle accident, probably something that should have killed him, uh, driving up outside of, uh, uh Colton. Hmm just went off the road and ran and hit the dirt on his motorcycle and it really messed him up. And and he had a long time where he was recovering cognitively and physically. And so he started coming to Hogan's and socializing and that was really a form of his therapy. And then eventually he just started helping and, and just, he was just using, you know, we were, we were letting him, you know, do, do little things. And, and it, it was helping him physically rehab and then talking to us all and telling stories was helping him get his memory back and cognitively rehab and then he's, and he's kind of become just part of the family. Uh, he, uh, let's see. So when Mason McCroskey of the Maple Bars was working at Hogan's, he and Dave would hang out after hours and talk and Mason would just sit and listen to David, tell all of his stories about going to Vegas. And if you listen to the Maple Bars album, it's called David Daniel Crocker. It is a, it's, it is essentially a rock opera based on David's story of his sister, uh, died and he was up here and she was down in Vegas and he thought that was really strange. So he went down to go see what he could find. And he had all these adventures down in, in Las Vegas while he was there, you know, meeting Elvis. He met so many famous people and did a lot of TV repair, worked in restaurants, uh, went to a Curtis Mayfield concert Hmm. where he and the other guys. So there's, I I can't remember. I want to say the line in the maple bar song is, you know, there were 10,000 men, and only two of us were white and they went to that Curtis Mayfield thing. And Dave said they were like the only white people in the whole building in it. And it was, uh, it was fun and a, and a really interesting thing. It's something that stuck with him forever, uh, doing that. And so that whole album is, is David's story about going and, you know, him having to tell his mom that his sister was dead and, and all the emotions tied in with that. It's, it's really, Knowing David and knowing the Maple Bars, that album is really an incredible thing that they did. And Dave is super proud of it. He always has us bring it up on Spotify so we can tell people about it. And we keep an old picture of him working at Max Cycle there so he can come and show people what he's doing. Uh, He's a jack of all trades. If you need just any kind of tinkering done and you know, he can fix a car, you can fix a motorcycle a lawnmower. He, he can, can help. play.
2: He can do the yo-yo and he can do that's the yo-yo. That's, 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 yeah. The yeah. that's just, what I've noticed. He's a pretty Supreme yo-yoist.
0: Yeah. And he just, and, and that's something he's been doing since he was a little kid. Like he still has old antique yo-yos. He can take them apart. He used to, you know, write letters to to yo yo manufacturers, and and they would send stuff to him, and you know, sign things and special bearings, and so he can pull apart a yo yo, replace the bearings, and do all the stuff, and make it like better. Like he can always improve on the yo yo until it's like a you know a professional performance quality yo yo. And uh, yeah, he loves busting that thing out, and he's not and he, and especially at night when all the lights are dim and Hogan's, he busts out his glowing lit uh-huh. up yo yo and does tricks out there and everybody in the universe only knows walk the dog. So he has to do that a lot.
2: Uh, Man, that's awesome. That is such a cool backstory.
0: And I didn't know anything about that. And that's, that's yeah. such
2: a neat connection to Hogan's and,
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and he's, and he used to live in the neighborhood with Hogan's, you know, back all the way back when Hogan's was a completely different animal. Mm-hmm.
2: That is awesome. Well, and we, we mentioned a bit about printers. Could you talk about what printers was or still is? Yeah, what n- is it?
0: Was. Okay. So it was, it was, uh, there was a group of us that, that wanted to start. So it's Brian Colstad and Matt Plemons and then Matt Plemons, a current partner, I think at Greenfield, Aaron Tatum. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, just kind of all got together and wanted to do this. Oh. And, uh, oh, I can't think of Jim Hepworth. Uh, so I think an English professor at, at LCSC mm-hmm. and, and we all got together and wanted to do this and, you know, spend our time researching and learning and sampling and, doing some science experiments on vodka to figure out like what vodkas have percentages of methyl and ethyl and heads and tails and, you know, good alcohol and bad alcohol in them. And, uh, we, we went in and we, we started our own distillery. We were driving over to Prosser and doing all the mashes and all the distilling and the bottling and the labeling over there at, uh, Oh, it's got two names. It's second chance distillers and, I can't remember the name, the other name of the distillery we were working with over there. You know, we came over and we got distribution in Idaho and and did well. But then there's just a point where, if we wanted to really start producing and making it, making it work, we were going to have to invest a lot of money. The cheapest thing in a distillery is twenty five thousand dollars, like mm-hmm. yeah. if just one one equipment, one piece of equipment, and that's the smallest mm-hmm. one. So we we were looking at having to invest you know, half a million dollars minimum to, to, to really get us to where we want to be. And I think right there, uh, we had an investor who we were working with in Alaska, but she had her own issues happen where she ended up having to build a whole new building for her restaurant and crab fishing, uh, company. And, you know, she wasn't able to, to invest, which is completely understandable. You know, you got to take care of your own before, Right. You, you you know, take care of somebody else. And so when, when that time came wanting to go out and ask people for half a million dollars was more than any of us were interested in doing, or even felt comfortable doing. So we, we got to the point where we, you know, didn't quite break even, but we weren't losing our, we weren't losing our butts on it. So it, it was a good time to walk away. Yeah. yeah I we, tried
1: some of the vodka. It was really good. Yeah. And we had really I really good. liked it. We, we had, had a few issues drink
2: that was like a Huckleberry vodka drink and it mm-hmm. was super
0: good. And yeah. it wasn't just vodka, was it? We well, we were working on we we have we still have a barrel of whiskey in a Rick house somewhere that's now eight or nine years old. Hmm. Uh and then hmm. we were working on we took some of our vodka, just the high-proof stuff, and then I distilled a few batches of gin. Which some of it just kinda of disappeared in the shutting of the business. I don't I don't even know where some of that went, but there was a there's a batch of like hundred and ninety proof printers gin out there in a couple like five gallon plastic jugs. And I've got a few bottles in my cabinet of uh of just some experimental things. I was trying like overloading it with cardamom and different herbs. So I've got a few weird bottles of gin. It's got cardamom in it. Oh I man, it's one of my favorite. Green cardamom is just it's almost like I could almost wear it for like a cologne or <laughs> yeah. perfume. It's so, it's so wonderful. Uh, but you know, man, when, when the time came, we, we jumped out and it was probably the smart thing to do rather than just rather than go in the hole and, and have to deal with all that. And we all ended up in, in our situations, all ended up just fine after closing that matinee and open Greenfield uh and the the greenfield you know little empire they have there between uh yeah, the Elm cigar and store. Maple Street, yeah. yeah,
2: and check out the last episode to learn more about that if you haven't <laughs> yeah um so shifting gears here let's talk about music at Hogan's because yeah. music is another really cool aspect of hogan's, and it is sort of a bastion for what I think is the best music that you're gonna hear in the valley typically
0: uh it's it's something that is for you know most for most of us that work there and have been there a long time and even back to other bartenders going back ages music is like one thing that we that we really love like it's not just something like i like that band like there's things i love about music that are right. so
2: important you've invested time with the bands that you like and yeah. listen to them over years but
0: but then even digging into the you know back catalogs and related bands that never quite made it and mm-hmm. just finding, just trying to pick out all the gems that exist out there. Cause there's things that, I mean, I am always still learning new songs with, a, and again, if I didn't say it or I'm sure I said it earlier, but Spotify is the most wonderful thing. is the most wonderful app that there is. I think yeah. And they, you know, you just let a playlist, I'll pick a, a band or a, a type of song that they have. So Ween is really nice because Ween has they play every type of music. Yeah, they do. And so you, you just pick that one song and then let it run out. And then Spotify will kind of match the feel of that song and play you a bunch of other things that are, that are associated with it. And uh, I, I learn new songs every day. We just took a road trip and oh, now I can't. The, the song is called Jesus Was Way Cool. Hmm. And it's kind of, it's almost like a spoken word thing. Uh, it is it is hilarious. Uh, and, and that was one that I I think I'd heard before, but it's while I'm working and I can't really, I can't really focus on things. King missile. Yeah. King missile. That's it. It's, it is, it is, it is such a gem. Uh, but that's something, you know, we really try to cultivate that music and pick styles, mix styles. Sometimes it'll just be, you know, tonight's a night where we're just going to play whole albums. And so I just did that the other night or just one artist. Sometimes I just feel like listening to Everything that Billy Joel ever put out, and you know, uh, maybe the crowd isn't, doesn't want to hear it, but that's what's happening on late on a Wednesday night, you <laughs> yeah. know, like well, ten I love o'clock. How it's
1: never really the same either. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: it's it, and our yeah our music varies wildly. Uh, modern pop is probably the one thing that will modern pop and modern country are things that will yeah. probably never be played or on accident. And then if I'm working, there will never be uh, ACDC. <laughs> uh, which is you know one of my personal least favorites uh, <laughs> we try not to really play any sublime but that's mostly because of open mic and things like man everybody plays sublime right <laughs>
1: when was the last time
0: yeah. you guys had no mic uh the last one was just before just before Christmas break so we're gonna take a couple months off of it and then so we're gonna start we're really starting music again we took a couple months off of music just to let people come in without the, the entry fee being applied to just coming to hang out at Hogan's. Which,
1: if you have a problem with paying a couple dollars to see a musician, come on.
0: Yeah. No. Uh, it's, well, yeah. And that, that's always been the thing. It's we, we, we find it crazy, but I guess I get it. If you just want to go to the bar and, and you're not into music, I, I you know I get it. You so can see it also, both ways. I you're guess.
2: also welcome to hang out outside. There's a great patio it, yeah. out back, and and, and you that, got
0: heaters out back this year, do. which was awesome. Yeah, that, that they were necessary. I do need to get some propane in there. I thought it was going to get warm, and then it got cold again. Uh, mm. I got fooled, <laughs> uh, and then got busy. So right, uh, but yeah. So you know, along with having the, our our you know not canned music, but our 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 playlists and things that we make, and and you know sometimes Eric will spend four hours building a playlist and try to build it around themes and sections and the transitions between songs. Like that's something that we've been really into or trying to find two songs that meld together so seamlessly you can't tell. And then trying to get chains of those going where, where the the flow in from one song to the other. So if you go to Spotify and set your crossfade to 12 seconds, you can really get some interesting mashups with songs. So now what you need to
2: do is you need to make Hogan's curated playlist that and, the public and, can check out.
0: And so that is something that, that, uh, Eric is working on right now. He's just trying to categorize every song. He's every song he hears, he tries to put it hears and likes, he tries to put it in categories by year, by style, by emotion that you're feeling. And so he's, he's actually actively working on that, uh, right now. That's really, really cool. Well, in addition to just good, house music that you
2: have playing, you also have a number of live bands that come through. Um, is that on a fairly frequent basis or is that just kind of on a, a uh, as, as it presents itself? Uh,
0: it's, it's, it's a little bit of both. So we generally have one weekend night every week, live music. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think we're going to good live music, good live music. Excellent. And, and, and we're going to kind of make sure that we are, keeping the quality high because we're asking people to come in and pay. So, and, and so I think we'll probably do it, try to do it two or three times a month. So it's not every weekend. You have to wonder if you can, if you want to spend the five bucks to go hang out at Hogan's, but we, and we try to keep the band, you know, we find bands that we really like. And so we've got, you know, the wonderful, uh, uh, Vanna, O mm-hmm. uh, out of Spokane. Those kids are, those kids are great and worth it every penny you could spend yeah. and then uh, dash Andy sit Yeah. And I know dash is coming soon. Vanna O's coming soon. We're going to have a brother's reunion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dallas is going to be coming back to town in uh, early April and they'll, they'll, actually be playing a show with the maple bars. We've got this, coming. this
1: weekend is going to be, sweet. Oh yeah. Th-
0: this weekend with, uh, uh Eric Bowen and Higgin yeah, and and uh, uh, Stephen hmm Those are three
1: incredible yeah. musicians. And
0: and you know Stephen, he's been around. He was with Wide Stance in the yeah, Valley, he was. And, and right now he is uh, on tour. He he's the basis for the uh, Scott Pemberton band, which is mm-hmm. an incredible band. Oh yeah, they're awesome. And you know, so but music has always been a thing at Hogan's. You know, my first, you know, my first thing coming in was uh, the DTS, which was a band back in the you know like early two thousands, uh, regional band, really excellent band. And then, uh, Simon Tucker and Jake Anderson with Keith Simon and Bill Wilcox, they had Reed 1984. Uh, they, they played at Hogan's all the time. I mean, I don't, I still haven't, I haven't seen Jake play in a few years, but I I would bet that I've seen Jake Anderson play more live than anybody else.
2: Well, and it's such a really the- cool venue because like you said, it's like eighty-eight person capacity. Mm-hmm. It's a really intimate experience. It's sort of shoebox shaped, so you're up and close and personal with the band when you go see a band there. Which oh yeah. is oh which yeah, is really up cool. close. Oh,
0: and it's great because they always they're always into hanging out. You know, our our thing that we do for bands that turns out really very few, if if any, other venues. I know a few do, but uh, we provide the band, we feed them, we give them good food let them order off the menu. You know, that's on us, you know, uh, cause they're one of us, they're working. They're just the same as, as Eric Jordan and I, and hope and everybody they're, they're working that night. That's their job. And so they come in, we feed them and then we, we, we give them drinks, make sure that they're having a good time. Like, and so, you know, they're out being social and hanging out with people, uh, and and that's one of the benefits, and that's something that we have. We do have a really good reputation with touring bands. There there are message boards and things where people recommend and ask for venues, and and we have a good reputation amongst touring bands for being a place that's that's great to play. And you might not make, you know, you're gonna not gonna make a grand. You're probably gonna make three hundred and fifty because every every dollar we take at the front door goes to the band, and then the, and then the bar always throws money at the band as well. So you know, but you're only gonna make. You know, on an average weekend, three hundred fifty bucks, something like that. Mm-hmm. But we provide so much other stuff, and it's a and it's a fun place to play that we are able to get some bands that we probably shouldn't. You know, like bands like uh, uh, Dirty Revival, right? That funk band out of Portland, man. Those guys are. Way They've got too a great good. tiny desk for people want to check oh, them yeah. right on
1: YouTube. They have a really good tiny desk uh, concert.
0: Absolutely, and you know they're 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 way too good to be playing at Hogan's, but. <laughs> We were the first place that they ever played when they went on tour and they had wow. such a good time that that they they'll squeeze us in. I mean they they take a huge cut in their normal guarantee to come play at Hogan's. Then we get, you know, uh good nationally touring bands, the Jaunty, uh, jam band. They're out of uh Colorado right now, but they started over in uh you know, Massachusetts. You know, they're they're a pretty they're a pretty big band and mm-hmm. they'll come they'll come play Hogan's and uh gosh, what's that? <clears throat> Oh, the man, there's like a bluegrass band, another one out of Colorado, uh, the sweet lilies hmm. there, you know, they're another big touring band that we get. And it's well,
2: some of those bands that you just mentioned have also played, I, I believe Bar which we which were mutually oh,
0: yeah. yep. partners on yeah, in the way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. So, and that's, and that we use kind of our Hogan's contacts, you know, with Raleigh cause Raleigh's. Raleigh has been a part of uh, the music scene. If nobody knows Raleigh, yeah, Raleigh
1: um, Hallen. Anyone that does music knows Raleigh. Raleigh
0: Hallen. He's the he's he's freaking Gandalf of music in the valley. I mean, that guy, <laughs> that guy is the most knowledgeable person about music that I think most of us will. And ever not just be.
1: music, but sound.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the, oh, the, yeah. The, that's like absolutely said, PA wizard. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but he's been so involved in Hogan's as we're trying to find those bands. You know, we we do kind of dip into things that we've seen at Hogan's and. It, 'Cause there's such a variety. You know, we can have fifty to a hundred bands come through every year. So we've got a you know, there's a pretty broad pick. So when we do in mm-hmm. the Bar Festival, we're we're we do kind of pick from that because it's it's we can have guarantees. Bands that we've seen that we know we like, we know they're good. And that and that helps.
1: And then I'll play every once in a while on a weeknight some background music. It's not yeah. it's not like a typical concert you'd have. I'm not the main focus, but no, know, no, but you, I'll come in and I'll play light background music. So you can still have conversation, but there's still something going on. I think people seem to enjoy that. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, they definitely do. And we'll bring in, um, uh, uh, what is his? his? So uh, Mike Kelly, the, oh, the right, golf right, right. instructor. He is an amazing uh, guitar player. Absolutely amazing. And so he's got, oh, I wish I could remember the uh, the horn player he's playing with right now, but they have a really cool two-piece. Wolf? Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause that's they're doing it. the Kelly Wolf thing. Yep. We
1: mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're,
0: they're, I mean, they're a really cool. Just a, just a real nice sonic thing. And well, it's, it's nice to be able to offer that. You know, we've got our PA is always there. Mic stands are always there we are I've got that. I've got that PA. I'm so familiar with it. I can get a band ready to go. And like, just to be able, you can, you can go in I can, about five seconds. I can have a band ready to play. <laughs> right. And then, you know, I can fine tune it, but, but, you know, we've got it, we've got it down. And so we can, yeah, at any time, really, if you bring in a guitar and it's powered, we can hook up and we can, we, we can go. Yeah. And we're all, we're all for that. I mean, the back patio is. that's a great place to sit down and play and do stuff. Yeah. It's, it's generally from, you know, especially once Jordan gets out of the kitchen after cooking dinner. So 1030 on, it's just kind of a jam session out there. People brought drums last night. So they, we had Hand drums and Jordan's guitar, and uh, June's been bringing a banjo every once in a while out, and so it's it's just kind of a thing that happens on the back patio. Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. regularly. Yeah. Well, why don't you
1: tell us? You were telling us before we started about some of the changes you've been making um, to changing out. You got new booths. Yeah. And you're working today later on uh, stools. Uh, what yes. kind of what are kind of your what's your envision for the future of Hogan's? What's your goal?
0: So, so what Hogan's needs to be always is, it's not a dive bar, but it needs to be a dive bar. Like it's, it's, it needs to have that feel. I'm not trying to, uh, what's that like? I'm not trying to like gentrify Hogan's by fixing <laughs> it up, but a lot of the stuff in Hogan's is. No,
1: I was on a stool the other day and it, the, it was not safe. It was kind of falling apart. Yeah. So
0: I've got some held together with Gorilla Glue exactly. right now. And, <laughs> Uh, it, you know, I, I just need to update some of that. You know, those stools have been there since the thirties, mm-hmm. I think, cause you, you look at some of those old pictures and, uh, well,
1: I've been coming to Hogan's for, I figured out over 20 years. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. I've been, yeah. Cause my grandpa owned wizard auto electric kind of oh, okay. kitty corner yep. kit Wicken camp. And oh, we God, would, that's
0: right. I totally forgot that. Yeah. Kit, and and I,
1: we would come to lunch. It would be, I'd be four year old Brian Grimm and walk in. They say, you want the usual hun? And I'd get chicken strips and a bottle of root beer. Yeah.
0: Oh, funny. I forgot Kit was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kit, we don't see him as much because we put those wood booths in, so he doesn't come in every day for lunch. Because you got to get him a cushion. We got to get him a cushion. So, and that's that's something that's in the works. We've got, you know, like little pads and a, and a little trunk to keep him in, so that people with no butts can have some cushion when they sit on the new hard <laughs> yeah. seats. Well, any, but
1: yeah, but it's some, for a place that's been around that long. It's gonna need updates.
0: Yeah, and it does. Those, so those stools have been there for you know we like uh, eighty years ish in that ballpark. Uh, they, they need, they're just obsolete. They're so past obsolete. So today I'm going to go in and I'm going to, I need to do a test. I need to figure out because every project I've started in Hogan's has always had a sub project directly underneath it. So (laughs) there has always been something that is 10 times as hard of the pro as the project I'm going to start waiting for me underneath. So today I'm going to go and pull like probably the last six stools Uh, at the end of the bar, kind of the far end of the bar Mm, where fewer mm -hmm. people sit and start cutting into the ground and just, just seeing what's down. I'm going to rip it out either way, but I need to make sure that when I rip it out, I don't like also pull the bar down on top of myself (laughs) or, you know, I need to figure out how everything is fixed. So I've got some, you know, new replacement stools, some freestanding ones. I'm going to keep two of the old classic stools. I've got a couple of them that are in really good shape. Uh, We had a guy, George Frank, who, uh, Used to be a Hogan's, just a, a diehard regular, a wonderful friend of ours who used to travel with us to concerts and and do all sorts of stuff. Uh, he used to do all the upholstery and repair there. You know, he had a stroke three or four years ago and isn't able to do that anymore. So that's why uh, Cody Ashby and I did those booths. He built all those booths. All I did is color them. You know, I was basically the crayon guy with those so I, I colored the hey, boots and stayed put the in lacquer the lines. On. Yeah, stiff. I did I did I did a pretty good job. I was pretty proud of myself for the first time doing anything like that. Cool. So we had to change out all the old vinyl upholstered boots because they were awful. I mean they were so Yeah. past yeah. need and the the red that that was kind of a, a really nice fit for Hogans. Those red upholstered kind of classic looking things but they, they had to go and we needed something more sturdy. So we, we built all new booths and put it in and we lowered the booths down. They used to be on a riser, mm-hmm. brought all those down. And then I'm going to work on the, st- the stools. I've been doing things in the back. We've replaced tables in the kit, trying to make it more efficient in the kitchen. Oh, it's uh, a tiny kitchen. It's a tiny, You're if, if you're, if you want a picture, you know, at home, the size of Hogan's kitchen, just basically walk into your bathroom and it's, and it's probably smaller than that. Yo, like it's, our, our it's working room small. there. And uh we just have a little alleyway with uh, outside of the kitchen with a you know a grill and a fryer so we have to cook in two different places.
1: Yeah, I know some sometimes people come in and and I don't know, they'll complain if it takes too long. Oh, and, it's, and they don't maybe think about how small it is and you've only had a couple people and it's, really good, so it's really good. So it's really
0: popular. Yeah. Oh, a lot of times you have good. one. Cause even cause in the kitchen, two people oh, is man. about it, man. When you get three back there, two people are pissed at one person who shouldn't be back in the kitchen. <laughs> right. is, what's, is what happens. <laughs> Too when many cooks. Right. Yeah. And it's usually me and Jordan's mad at me because I'm in the kitchen <laughs> helping. I made quotation marks for those not able to see me. Uh, So it's, it's, you know, it's small. So we're, we're trying to figure out how to, how to improve that and make it work for all of us, uh, just improve the old stuff out front, you know, the wall. So I am, I am seriously colorblind. And so the walls inside, I understand are green. (laughs) Um, but that shade of green to me is, is if you took guacamole and just threw it on the counter for a day and, and then what it would just, and this is what I see versus what a normal person sees. Right. The the color of old guacamole to a normal person is just the color of the inside of Hogan's to me. Mm. So it's, it's kind of this icky Brown, which I know (laughs) it's not. And I've, I've learned, I've learned to accept that, that what I see isn't what the average person sees, Mm -hmm. but it's not, it's, it's, I would just like something different, just something that I can see a real color of. Uh, so we'll probably do some painting or do something on the wall, Uh, my wife Megan has a grand plan to do like a herringbone wood pattern on the wall. Ooh,
1: that's nice. And
0: and that sounds really neat. But that just the just the thought of all those cuts and all that (laughs) gluing and all that work is scary.
2: Well, and you mentioned like you don't want to like gentrify Hogan's, but at the same time, like you're now a torchbearer for the new legacy of Hogan's. Like Mm -hmm. it's your family business now. So. I think it, it makes sense for you to make some changes and make yeah. it your own.
0: Yeah, and that's, and that's, that's important, but I, I, there's still an aesthetic and a spirit that right. that I don't want to You're erase still by homage to that. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to like turn that into like a neighborhood Chili's kind of thing. Like I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to go too far. Yeah. There, there still needs to be a level of tackiness and, mm-hmm. and, and dive bar aesthetic attached to it. Like we can, you know, and we've changed when I first started bartending at Hogan's, we were not bartending in the style we are now at all. We were, just doing just, uh, nothing fresh, no real ingredients, you know, other than the alcohol, but the bottled manufactured sour mix and roses, lime juice. And, you know, not that that's a, not that that's a bad thing, but that's not, that's not what I want to be there's doing. There's no
2: level of craft in that. Like you're talking about before yeah,
0: at all. And there's no growth. Like I don't, I don't think I could have done it for 13 years if it wasn't a constant evolution. And different people. Uh, Bailey Puckett used to work there and, you know, she brought certain things and Caitlin Tucker, uh, Nathaniel Tucker's wife, she brought certain things in like, well, why don't we do this? And it's like, I Caitlin. that is a f- fantastic idea. So we change. <laughs> so it's been these little evolutions, uh, brought by different, different people who've both, who've all come and gone and, and, uh, and it have kind of turned it into where we are
2: yeah, now. That's really cool. Um, For people that maybe don't go to bars very often or that are just idiots, could you describe some best bar etiquette practices?
0: Yeah. Yeah. God, Eric and I, honestly, we thought about doing a podcast about that, Uh, just things that people do. And (laughs) a a lot of it is. That would be a pretty good podcast, actually. Uh, We invite you to come on (laughs) to this show
2: and do that very podcast. Uh,
0: Yeah. A lot of things is, you know, just be patient. If, If the bartender looks like they're busy, you know, they are. And, and I can't hear people just when people yell drinks at me and I'm trying to do something, I'm actively trying not to listen because I may have a queue of eight drinks or, you know, just different, like, God, I got to make five drinks, go in, drop fries, come back out, deliver drinks, get two waters to these folks over here, pull just my cue. My mental cue is long and people just shouting drinks at me and waving money at me. I, I, I intentionally ignore not to be rude, but because that's going to screw up everything I have. So I, I would, it would be nice if people would, would be just, just be patient, you know, and a bartender will, we will get to you. We want you to have a drink. We don't want you to be, to be without, uh, know what you want, or at least get us into a ballpark. Like when you wait, when you wait 10 minutes in a line and you walk up front like, I don't know what I want. Maybe, <laughs>
2: <laughs> maybe you should have looked at the damn menu.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you know, there's certain plate, like some of the, like, uh, you know, I've, I've heard like the Philly cheesesteak places, uh, Gino's or whatever in, in Philly. If you walk up and you don't, you know, you want, I want a Philly wit, you know, you know exactly what you want. If no, you don't know, B- back to the back of the line, Consistent. get out of my way. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, no? okay. there's that urges, that urges strong.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, <laughs> you get, you get your
0: drink, but you just got to wait. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, it, so, you know, there, be patient and I know not everybody understands what we're doing. Not everybody's worked that job. It's, it's, it's harder than it looks. I promise it is. Uh, so I'd like people to know what they're doing. Be patient. Uh, and, And just, it's, you know, just courtesy, just common courtesy is an important thing. Uh, God, there's so, there's a, there's a million things, but some of them reply, apply to such specific people. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you're cut off, it's not personal. Right. Uh, It's, we're doing you a solid and that's, and that's, we've kind of changed the way we explain it to people, Uh, you know, just. I'm doing you a favor, buddy. You're you're drunk. Like piling another drink on there is doing nothing for you, but ruining tomorrow. Uh, well, it's helping everybody else's experience and, too, and, and that too. And and we've actually been getting people just like, yeah, you're right. Thank you. Like cutting off people has been actually become. Kind of pleasant lately It's been pretty funny oh, Like neat. it's Yeah, it's been People understand And are, everybody's just like Yeah, you're right
2: <laughs> Which is probably also An uncommon thing Among bars in Lewiston And Clarkston uh-huh. Which is probably More likely The guy's gonna go I'm gonna get more I don't give a shit What you yeah. say
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and you know we, You you can get that We have You know, it's Was that a character? It was <laughs> That was Grumpy Gus uh,
2: Bargoer <laughs> <laughs> I've met him Hey, everyone, just wanted to take a quick break to tell you about our new Patreon account. That's right, OSP fans, you can now directly help us fund this show and get access to exclusive content. For more information and to learn how you can support the show, head to patreon.com slash Podcast. Now, back to the show.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, there's a, there's a little bit of every, of everything, but yeah. Uh I mean there's so many rules Eric and I have them we have them we have them down mm-hmm. and most mm-hmm. of them are just about not being shitty people. Yeah. Like that's they they all just kind of come back Pretty to Pretty common root. sense stuff. Yeah, don't don't be horrible smelly asshole at the end of the right. bar. Right. And we've had that guy. Oh yeah. And yeah. uh 86 Tim.
2: Yeah. Well, we're coming up on uh, over an hour here so we want to be mindful of your time but do you have like maybe a story or a couple of stories you want to share that are pretty funny or cool or something like that over the years, uh, 10 and at Hogan's God. It's so,
0: there's so many, and it'd be a lot easier if I had, you know, like a specific attachment. I do. I do remember Austin Moody for whatever stupid reason, <laughs> trying to clean the fryers in a hurry. He wanted to get it done. So he didn't have to come in in the morning and he took hot fryer oil Ooh and dumped it in a plastic bucket. I don't know what, I just don't know what he was thinking. Uh, but watching that happen was, it was so, <laughs> it was so wonderful because that was, that was not something I was going to be any part of. I'm just going to laugh at him and make and he you know, just oh like, no. like he's so mad. And then you laugh at him and well, that's just going to make him more mad. And, <laughs> that just makes me laugh harder. So it kind of just turned into this whole, just, it was a, it was a beautiful disaster that I had no part in except for almost dying for the next two weeks. Oh because was
2: there at least a drain in the floor where this happened? Oh no, 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 It was on <laughs> linoleum. <laughs> it was on linoleum. You don't linoleum. want
0: it going down your drains either. Yeah. The city doesn't want it going down the drains. Uh, we have a real problem with that. Yeah. But, so yeah. But other than everything was slick for like two weeks, like oh, I bet. there was nothing, no amount of, dish soap you could put on, but it was, oh, man. it was worth it. Every slip was probably stunk too. Uh, it just smells like fries. Yeah. Really? Like it just kind of permeates the, everything. It just, the <laughs> world mm-hmm. smells like French fries. All the funny things are all like stupid things that have happened to Moody. <laughs> yeah. Him trying to get into a fight outside. And it was one of the saddest things ever. And <laughs> Really, we're just shitting on Moody today. <laughs> yeah, it, can, it could be. It could go like there's there's just so many things that he's done. Oh no! But every oh, God, there's just so many funny things. Like we because we're, we're we're all pretty funny people, really. And so there's there's a constant banter and and wit going on amongst the employees. That there's there's a level of shit talking that would be that that is that is pretty brutal at times. because like, we <laughs> know each other very. You know, we're we we are a pretty close knit family really. So when you're on your family, you get to, you get to say some things that you wouldn't say to other people and feel totally okay. Calling somebody on their, like (laughs) on their bullshit, not trying to be mean, like not trying to be hurtful. But if somebody's being a dink, you get to say certain things about them that, that, that would in a fight would be, would cut to the quick and be devastating. But when you're, (laughs) when you're amongst family and you're joking, it's just a good way to be kind of shitty to somebody who deserves it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, one thing we want to do with all our guests is ask them uh, what their favorite band is. Maybe it doesn't have to be of all time, or maybe no. what you're listening to now.
0: Uh, man, I have I have a million favorite bands. Mm-hmm. I mean, my my, I th- I think my favorite band is Ween. I mean, we're we uh, that's, that's that's you one, Eric and Jordan. Yeah, that that's one that we we've all come from independently Jordan or they all have their own stories of how they got interested in it. Uh, mine was during college going over to my neighbor's house. We had a duplex with some of our best friends and we'd go over and play NHL 95 on the Sega Genesis (laughs) and listen to ween. And, you know, we'd sit around and get high and do that. And, (laughs) and so there were three ween albums that, that are just etched into my memory and are such a very important part of my existence uh, the, the 12 golden country greats, chocolate and cheese and the mollusk are those three albums were just, that's what we listened to on constant rotation. And every night, every night for most of two years, we would, we would sit together and and I think just listen to those albums. I don't know if we listened to something else. I was high. Uh, but that was, that was college. You got to
2: uh, reach out to Ween and get him to play Hogan's.
0: We actually, and, and actually that, that has happened. So, uh, uh, Mickey, one of the band members is, is a huge fisherman. Mm. And we have a friend who made him a fishing pole. One of Eric's friends from California who comes up and visit us. He has, he has a relationship with him. And so uh, people have multiple times reached out to him. Like we will, we will buy you this incredible river fishing trip. Just break, just yourself. Even if it's just you come play, come play Hogan's, bring the band, do something. Cause you're in the, you know, you're in the neighborhood. I know Emily Ashby's reached out to him. We've all just floated it. So maybe maybe someday that will stick. Uh, what does he say back? We get nothing. But nothing. I don't. I don't think anybody's actually got an official response from him. But hmm. we'll keep throwing it out there. At some point, you know, he, we're, he's going to see. We'll get. Heck, we'll get like the uh, visit LC Valley, like our tourism bureau involved in this if we have to. Uh, but other bands, man, uh, I grew up on Stevie Wonder and uh, like Earth Wind and Fire, those kind of things. I so I. I listened to a lot of old soul and funk, but I think ween and and I've been to a a ton of fish shows. They were a very formative part of me growing up and being the kind of person that I am today. Did you get into
2: fish and like sort of the jam band thing more as like an adult or is that something that you've always kind of been into?
0: No, it about night. What was I? So it was 1996 Mm -hmm. during the, uh, that crazy ice storm that happened. Uh, I I don't know how old you guys I was we're, four. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: But I do remember. I don't know. What you're yeah. There was about.
0: that that crazy ice storm in Spokane. Fish played. They had a concert in Spokane, and uh, one of my best friends, Erica, it was somebody who I grew up with in Boise, and we were we dated when we were in fifth grade or whatever stupid thing. She actually <laughs> broke up with me by calling my house, and I wasn't there, so she just told my dad that she wanted to break <laughs> that she wanted to break up with me. So. I I was told by my dad that my girlfriend broke up with me. I'm sure he <laughs> nice. loved that. But it, so anyhow, we met in college, and we've always been friends. We've always stayed connected, and we're friends. And she was just like, "You really should go see this." And and so we went up to the show during the ice storm, and and it was it was fantastic. In fact, we drove to Portland for the show in two days after that, and it was great. So I've been to thirty something shows. Oh wow, or, of theirs after that, everywhere from I've been all the way to the very northeast corner of the country to see them. I'm all over the Northwest. It's, it's nice that they love the gorge and, and I've got to see them there. We'll see them one. We're going to go, they're doing three nights this summer. We're going to go see one, one night of them and take the kids and let the kids kind of experience the, uh, the insanity that is the fish parking lot, just, yeah. just hippies and weirdness. And it's, it's a really fun thing. And I think, I think my kids will really enjoy just kind of getting to be whatever they want to be. Like my daughter is fascinated by how old are your kids? Uh, eight and 13. Okay. So my eight year old daughter is fascinated by burning man. Like that is oh, something really? that she wants to go. And she's like, you don't really get to dress like that. You can't be that way. And it's like, no, you, There's you no can rules. do whatever you want to do. And she's just like, just, it blows her mind. And, and so she likes being a weirdo. So I think going to taking him to the fish show, I think she's going to have a lot of fun just yeah. being a
2: weirdo. That'll be really cool. And yeah, I mean, I, the reason why I asked because like, I mean, my background is mostly in, like, indie punk metal, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I always really hated The Grateful Dead until, like, the last year. Mm -hmm. And now it clicks for me. I listen to American Beauty. Oh, yeah, it's a beautiful album. I just love it. I mean, that's become, like, one of my favorite bands now. And it took a while for me to like get in
0: tune with the whole jam band thing. Mm -hmm. And now, now I really like it. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of really good stuff. There's a lot of really bad stuff out there where it sounds like, you know, South Park did that episode where they had a big hippie festival in town and Cartman was, you know, killing hippies or whatever. (laughs) Oh, that's
1: right. He was the exterminator. And they
0: actually used fish (laughs) as the band and the band, but the music they had was just this stereotype of a jam band song, but, I've heard that song. I know that there are bands that sound like that and mm-hmm. I and I hate them. Mm-hmm. Uh so there are a lot of jam bands that that I I hate with I just really the what they make is a lot less valuable than a lot of other music <laughs> that just exists out there. boring yeah. and repetitive yeah. and really
2: derivative and
0: yeah, I get what you're saying totally. Well,
1: I guess if someone who had never been to Hogans You know, so their friends suggested, "Hey, you want to go to Hogan's today?" Mm -hmm. And they said, "What's Hogan's? I've never
0: been there." What would you want them to know? Uh, Man, I just I I would want them to know that Hogan's is a a comfortably cool bar where you get to be you you get to be whatever you want to be. I mean, you can come come as you are. We aren't we aren't there's there's no issues with with how you want to be and how you want to act. You know, don't be an asshole. That's it. That's kind of the rule. That's it, really. Uh, no arm wrestling and don't be an asshole. Like that's that's kind of it. Uh, I, I want people to know that it's it's a comfortable place. It's a safe place. We take great care in in the drinks that we picked out, the beers that we have on tap, the beers that we have. Like we 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 try to curate something that covers what everybody would want. Like we want everybody to be able to come in and find a thing. Like if we don't have Keystone, sorry, but we do have like Coors Light. It's like mm-hmm. you know we got. Or if you want a specific brown ale. I've got, I don't have that, but I have this. I've got, I've got something, just something for everybody. And that's what we really, we just kind of want to be everybody's bar.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and it's family friendly every night until yeah. what? Nine, 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 uh, about 30 Between minutes after 10. dinner. So okay. not we just say nine thirty just to sure. be safe. So, but you, yeah, you can bring kids in. I've, I've seen kids go from being babies to, you know, they're teenagers now. I've, I've, I know 13 year old kids that I saw come into Hogan's as, I mean, as infants. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, even my, my son, my son, when he was two months old was his first visit to Hogan's and you know, he's, he, he kind of knows how it is. Same with Elliot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's easy to tell after talking to you how much passion you have for it and all of your employees have for making it a great place and a nice experience. And that, and that comes through for sure.
2: Yeah. yeah and there. definitely the patrons too. I mean, people that like Hogan's, like you said, they're diehards. They get, they're willing yeah. to get Hogan's tattoos.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, and that, and yeah. there's, and they do a lot of, there's a lot of self policing and, and they kind of act as gatekeepers sometimes. Like, you know, if they, there's people, if they have friends that maybe wouldn't have a good time at Hogan's, you know, they, they recognize that and they, they don't, they'll steer them away from it or you know, maybe give them a shot to see how they feel about it. And if they don't like it, they're not gonna they're not gonna push it on them. But our but our our clientele are you know out back. We can't always have somebody, an employee out back watching what's going on. But our our customers will police out back and make sure that people aren't gonna destroy property, hurt themselves, hurt somebody else. You know, it's, and that's that's super nice. Our clientele is so it's just so wonderful. They're they're everybody's really everybody's really gracious and understanding. You know, like you were saying earlier, we get really busy. And, uh, you know, our regulars, you know, they understand that. And we can just tell them like, hey, you know, you look around, you know, our, our, our wait times are going to be about an hour on food. And everybody's like, that's, that's fine Mm -hmm. because they come with a group and they're going to sit and talk and, you know, we'll try to, we'll, we'll try to make sure they're getting everything they need. Uh, Yeah. yeah, we do everything we can. And we all, yeah, we all really love Hogan's all, everybody involved from customers to employees, everybody involved. We, it's, it's a, it's just a special place. And I think people recognize that. And we try to keep it that. Cool,
1: that's awesome. Well, Councilman Skate, do yes. you want
0: to? You're not up for. When's the next election? Oh, uh, you I know, I, I was just yeah, I was just re-elected in November for my second term. Uh, I I think it's a lot of fun. We are gonna. We don't have a lot of serious issues that affect Clarkston politically. We're going to run into one right now with uh, uh, our local hospital is applied for nonprofit status for a lot of things, and that is going to cost our. Uh, our our city, uh, uh, quite a bit of money, and and it's it's going to hurt us, and it, it is going to get passed down to people. So we now have to figure out how how the city's going to take that hit, and now all the citizens are going to take that hit, and it can go. It, it's got the opportunity to be a a huge a huge hit to something we can survive and deal with, but that's that's something that uh, kind of just came down the pipe on Monday last Monday. And we, so we have a meeting tomorrow and we're going to deal with that. But, uh, just kind of, you know, we like, we like my, my goal is to raise everybody's property values. That's, that's, that's how the city can best serve. It's by, you know, cleaning up. I like it. Having good things, raising property values. So if, you know, if your house just, just by existing in Clarkston, it's, it's valuable to you. It can, well, my property value actually decreased recently Oh, here. Yeah. Even after fixing it up. Yeah. Well, the, the actual land. Oh, the land went down. Mm -hmm. Huh? Well, you are th- in the county. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah.
1: I'm not in this. Yeah, that's uh, right. I actually
0: the cross the street is. No, no, no. So I just we told would. That. No, we go down. So Clarkston is really small. So we oh, go yeah. from that corner of the where the confluence is. Okay, then you go all the way to Highland is south, and then Highland to Thirteenth.
1: Oh, I see. And then
0: basically down to Bridge Street. There's a little arm that juts out like toward the golf course. Down, uh, it cuts poplar in half. So one block of bridge of of just, just south of Bridge Street. That block is in the city. But other than that, everything everything else Got is in the you. county. A lot of what people would think would be Clarkston isn't Clarkston. We are oh. really small. It's like one point two square miles. Oh yeah, it's tiny. I think is what is what Clarkston is. And didn't they annex in the hospital as well? Yeah. yeah. I believe we I believe it was in the county and we put it in the city and so now both the county and the city are are gonna take that property tax hit mm. when whatever what whatever happens. Yeah. Uh, I have my own opinions on that, but I'm going to wait for more information <laughs> before I start. Hey, maybe we'll have
1: you back in as a city councilman. We can just, talk about that sometime. Yeah, that will be
0: awesome. Yeah. Cause if it goes the way it they want it to go, I'll be really mad. Like I'll, I'll make the paper
1: <laughs> and <for> what, saying
0: <laughs> bad words on the, <laughs> the council days. And
1: what was Megan's business called again? Let's just uh, plug her up. Right uh, again.
0: tap into it. Massage therapy. Okay. And so she's been doing that for, I think we're 10 years ten years now. Uh she's been downtown Clarkston, I think for eight. Uh and she is she's got a great business going on. Uh she's super busy. So busy that I don't get massages. Oh. <laughs> uh yeah. It's a she's got she is yeah, she's got a great business going on. Uh tap into it, massage therapy. And uh, so yeah, we're just like half a block from each other down on down on Sixth Street. So we get to run. I have to, you know, run out the door real quick and say, you know, our highs and bys. We kinda the way our schedules work is sometimes we can go days with almost not seeing each other. You know, I'm, I go to work at four 30 to six, somewhere in there she gets off work from four 30 to six, or I'm in a council meeting or some other city meeting. So I think today we were just like, I don't know if I, did I see you this week? Like, I man, I think maybe Tuesday we sat down together and, <laughs> and, and watched. We we're trying to get through the uh, documentary, the defiant ones. I don't know hmm. if, I don't know if you've seen that, but I
1: haven't. Is it worth it? It is.
0: It is one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. It's about Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine and kind of their past that started, you know, in different decades and through different cultures, but where they met up and, and just the, the worlds that those guys lived in, like, like at one point there's an involvement of Suge Knight, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Trent Reznor, Marilyn Manson, and the the Tate murder house. (laughs) uh, I'm watching this. Yeah. Yeah. It's (laughs) It's like just the way that these people have influenced what is really important to me in music. I didn't, I didn't even know like just crazy all the things and all just the little things. And it's, you know, the one guy started as a sound engineer, worked his way up to producer and then kind of a mogul. And he started interscope records, Mm. which interscope is, is Trent Reznor, Marilyn Manson, no doubt. Primus. The first thing, the first person they ever hired was, uh, uh, Gerardo, you know, Rico suave <laughs> Primus thought it was so funny that they hired that guy that they signed with that label <laughs> just simply <laughs> on the fact that they just thought that was so weird. Uh, that's and, another
2: guy that's way into fishing is, uh,
0: let Claypool. Claypool? Yeah, huh, yeah. Super ineffective. I fashion. guess it makes sense There's a lot of those themes in yeah. Primus's music yeah.
1: Well man We'll let you get out And go hang with your wife It's probably more fun Than talking to I'm, us I'm gonna <laughs> go break
0: things At Hogan's right now That's right. right I'll see her tomorrow morning But yeah. uh, I appreciate it Well thanks for coming in Yeah, yeah, yeah Check yeah, out Hogan's
2: both. For the great atmosphere The good food They also have a great Lunch menu Which is a great value as well So yeah I mean Again Thanks for coming in
0: Yeah I, Thank you very much For having me Awesome I appreciate it Thanks everybody
1: Okay, that was Skate Pierce from Hogan's Pub. We'd like to thank Skate one more time for coming in. I know he's a busy guy with all the Hogan's remodels and city council and everything, Uh, but stop by Hogan's Pub, tell him Old Spiral Podcast sent you. Maybe in the future we can work something out with Skate as a special for the OSP listeners. Uh, But for now, we'd just like to thank you for listening and supporting the show as always. And if you'd like to get more involved with here at OSP, consider becoming a Patreon subscriber. As a token of our appreciation to our Patreon subscribers, you'll get access to exclusive content, commercial-free episodes, and we're also working on a logo still. The one we have is temporary, but once we get that figured out, we'll get some sticker packs and some merchandise for everyone as well. We'd also like to invite business owners to become an advertiser on the show. And for more information uh, on the episodes or episode ideas you might have, be sure to email us at oldspiralpodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com or get a hold of us on Facebook, Instagram, all those other platforms. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.